for those of you that may not have been here last week, we had a guest speaker. Um, his name was Roy Ralph, and Roy had been over to France, and he told us about while he was in France, he God spoke to him and, and had a word for France that uh, it was going to rain. God's Spirit was going to rain on the people. And he said, for the, I believe it was for the next 30 days, it rained at every meeting they had. Yesterday, or last Sunday afternoon, I got a phone call about, it was about 3 o'clock, and, and it was Roy. And uh, he said, Pastor, he says, you aren't going to believe this. And I said, okay. And he said, John Tressel from France just called me. And he said, uh, if you didn't know, he said, France, the soccer team, just won the World Cup. Which, that's pretty exciting for, I mean, those people, that's like the Super Bowl of Super Bowls. I mean, and they, you know, he, they won, France won the World Cup. And he said at the, at the ceremony for receiving the honor, he said, it rained. And he said, it just didn't rain, he said, but it wasn't expected to rain. And he said, it poured. He, he said, it just poured. So I said, wow, that's really something. And they were, I mean, they were really excited because, you know, they had the word. And, you know, and, and I was excited, you know, wow, that's neat. But I had to get on the Internet. And I thought, well, I'm going to check it out. So I did. I got on the Internet. I looked up the ceremony, and it shows them standing there, and it is just drenching these people. And he said they had umbrellas on the, the main guys up on the stage. He says, but everybody else, the water was just running off of them. So, so that was kind of neat for them that, you know, God just confirmed that word. You know, and I believe that's what he does when he speaks. He confirms the things he speaks to us. You know, and we, we can know that God does want to speak to us. And, and I want to I look at that today, that God's, you know, I want to follow that a little further, that God speaks to us. And, and I'm not going to say everything that, you know, I can't say everything God says, but I want us to just think about the fact that God does speak to us. And the next thing is we need to obey. You know, it's one thing for him to say something, but then it's another thing to do it. There's a big step in there, I think. You know, it's kind of like, you know, as a pastor, you know, you feel like sometimes, you know, when you preach, people hear, but then you hope they're doing it. You know, whatever it is God says to them, you hope they do it. And so I want to think about that today, that God still talks to us individually and as a church. You know, it's it's individually and as a church. Sometimes they speak to us as a group. I want to look at individually first. My 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 experience is that a lot of times when God speaks to people and maybe it's what we hear. I'm not sure how that all works sometimes, but it's it's about service, about what he wants us to do. And what does God want us to do? And. A lot of times what I think is said is that God wants us to serve. But it seems to me that a lot of times people take that when he says serve, they just think about serving in the church. Like, well, what does God want me to do? Well, serve in the church. You know, he must want me to do a ministry in the church. I'm not saying he doesn't. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, a lot of times we think about, well, you know, it's either Sunday school, kids' church, um, ushering, greeting, just the things that happen in church. Sometimes that's our focus. And sometimes that's, that's what we think about. And when we, we think about God speaking and using us, we think about how's he going to do it in the church. And this is all, it's necessary, don't get me wrong. 
It's really necessary for people who function in the church. That's all, that's all important. But what I find personally, I guess, over the years is if we're not careful, the church can become ingrown. And our focus is, what does it all mean for us here? And we think sometimes that God is doing everything in the world inside the church. I think that's a big problem. <clears throat> Most people, and, and I, I say this a little bit with tongue-in-cheek because I know we have some guests here this morning that came to church, and, and I'm thankful for that. But I just want to say that most people, most people waking up on Sunday morning that have never gone to church don't think, where could I go to church today? That's not in their thought process normally. And so if the church is very ingrown and thinks about just what do we do here and how do we minister here, what I think you'll find is the church will quit growing. The church will get to a point of saying things like, well, where's all the people? Where's, and then one of the first things you hear in a church that I believe is dying is, where's all the young people? Where's all the young people? Where's the children? Where's the young adults? And I believe that's because the church many times becomes very ingrown. Because when we hear something, we think about just applying it here in the church. And I want to think about that for a minute. And I want you to start by looking at Matthew 22, verse 37. <clears throat> Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. Jesus says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. It says we're to love God. First and foremost, we love him. But the second is, we're to love our neighbor. Love our neighbor. Now, to me, that puts us outside the church. That, that thought is not about just loving the people here, but it says love your neighbor. So now we're looking outside. And it says there's two commandments, love God and love your neighbor. So it seems to me that this puts the importance of reaching out and thinking about our neighbors pretty high as christians this is what we need to think about how do i do that yes we need to love god with all our heart our soul and our mind but we need to know how god wants us to love our neighbor you know god's heart is for the world john three sixteen. it's a, that familiar scripture god so loved the world god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God so loved the world. I believe God loves the church, but it's, he so loved the world. He so loved the world that he was willing to give his only son to die on a cross. And so as Christians, our message, what God would want us to do is to speak to the world. To speak to the world around us. Sometimes that comes in speaking. If you remember last week, Roy Ralph says, you know, when you go to Walmart, you're not going just to buy groceries. You're not just going to buy things. But you're going to see who you might get to share with. So that's a whole other thought process. 
God loved the world. God loves the world. You know, sometimes for Christians, I think we hate the world. And I don't know that we actually hate the world, but we act like it. You know, sometimes I think it's very dangerous when, when Christians sit in a, in a building in a church and say, like, we're all safe and those people out there are all bad. They're all bad. They're the world. They're the world. I think sometimes that becomes kind of an attitude. And I think sometimes people can feel that attitude. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So what, what can I do any less? What can I do any less but love those around me? And so when God speaks, he's going to speak along the lines of, how can you love the world? You know, if he loved them enough to give his only begotten son, then I'm sure he's going to speak of how I should love them. How I should love them. And he wants us to serve them. He wants us to serve those around us. You know, one time in the Bible, there was, there was somebody said, well, okay, who is my neighbor? You know, tell me who my neighbor is. And I'll bet you that that person was hoping he could define it down to a couple people close to him. You know, like me, well, who's my neighbor? Well, let's see, the guy on this side, the guy lives across the street, and this one over here. And so Jesus then answered that question, and he told a story. And he told a story about a man who was robbed and beaten and left laying. And then it's, you know, people walk by. People going to church. People going places. You know, everybody had an excuse. I'm in a hurry. I got things to do. Aren't we all in a hurry? Yeah, we're always in a hurry. You know, at the end of the day, do you ask yourself where you've been? You know, but we're always in a hurry. Things to do. Got to go somewhere. Got to do this. Got to do that. Well, it's kind of like that story, you know. Everybody was in a hurry. And here laid a man in need. And Jesus says, well, there's your neighbor. There's your neighbor. Somebody that had a need. Somebody that we could reach out to. And so I believe as, as Christians, we need to think about, you know, what am I supposed to do? How would God speak to me? Along what lines would God speak to me? Well, I believe he would speak to us about how to reach the world. In Matthew, the 28th chapter, one of the last things Jesus told his disciples, he said, he says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Now go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He said, go. You know, one of the things about God speaking, now I, I, I you know, I, I'm not trying to answer for God. But sometimes people say, well, I want to hear from God. And I would think sometimes God would say, look, I told you once before, you, didn't, you aren't doing that yet, so why should I tell you anymore? Because he said here, go. He says you need to go. He said that. You know, he told us to go. Baptize, teach, share. So if God speaks to us, I believe it's going to be along the lines of spreading the gospel. I believe there's other things he could say. But I believe a lot of times he's going to speak to us along the lines of his will. What he wants. He so loved the world. 
He still loves the world. He still wants us to reach out to them. He's still giving us the command, go. I like Nike, you know, just do it. It's a nice, nice uh, saying Nike's got. Just do it. Just do it. You know, we have all kinds of reasons why not to. But I believe God wants us to just do it. I, I shared last night, and I, I love this quote. I don't know that I've shared it here. I may have. But it's a quote that just William Booth, the founder of Salvation Army. He said, I'm not waiting for a move of God. He said, I am a move of God. You know, I think a lot of times Christians are always waiting for something. I don't know. What, I don't know. You know, we're just kind of waiting, waiting for maybe God to do something. And I like that idea that, you know, it's not wait for God. I want to just do what God's already told me to do. I want to, I want to do it. I want to be what God's called me to be. And then I believe that God not only speaks to us as individuals, but God speaks to us as a church, as a group. In Romans 12, verse 4, it says, For as we are many member, we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. So we're many, but we're one. We're one body. We're individually members of one another. Buildings, and last night we dedicated a very beautiful building to to William and their congregation, but it was a building. It's not the church. We are the church. We are the body of Christ. It's not a building. This, during the week and sometimes on certain Saturday nights, this is a reception hall, a wedding reception hall. Today, it's a building we call a church. But it's not, a, it's not the church. It's we call it a church because God's people are here. When God's people aren't here, it's something else. I told him last night, you know, William, William's building was a UAW hall. A UAW hall. What makes it a church? Well, it's because God's people are there and God's people bring the Spirit of God. And so it becomes a church, as we call it. But church is the body of Christ. The body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. You know, we, we belong to him, and he belongs to us. In John, the 14th chapter, the 12th verse. Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do greater works than these because I go to the Father. So Jesus has his body now on the earth. It says that his body is us, the church. Us, the church. What's his expectation of us, the church? He said, I'm going to go to the Father. But he says, if you believe on me, he says, the works that I do, you're going to do them in greater works. That's, an, that's a spoken to the church, to us, to us, his people. 
He expects us to do greater works than he did. And our comment usually is, well, I'm not Jesus. He didn't say you were Jesus. He just says you're his body and you're going to do greater works. What did Jesus do? He taught. He taught. The Bible says in one place he went about doing good. That's kind of a neat picture. He just he went about doing good. You know, sometimes you just need to go about doing good. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He cast out demons. And now we are the church. We are his body on the earth. And his expect, expectation is that we do the works that he did. Now, I can think of a hundred excuses. I can think of, well, I'm not capable. I'm not adequate. It's not my gifting. I don't know. I'm, I'm afraid. Makes me nervous. You know, there's just all kinds of excuses out there. And basically, I'm not saying those aren't real. The Apostle Paul, which I'm always amazed, he told the people, he says, when I came to you, he says, I came in fear and trembling. He says, I was, I was scared. So that kind of rules that one out. You know, yeah, the Apostle Paul said he was scared. He came in fear and trembling, but he went. And he did it. And what happens? The Bible says that when I am weak, then he is strong. So now I can say, well, I'm weak. I'm not capable. I can't do that. Look at me. I don't know. Oh, you qualify. You qualify. We qualify. Because when we're weak, then he is strong. And if you look throughout scriptures, many times God chose those people. Many times, you know, not always, but a lot of times he chose those people. You know, Moses, when he chose Moses, what did Moses say? I can't do that. And Moses says, I can't talk. I stutter. I stammer. I can't get two words together. You want me to lead three million people? God said, yes. And he says, okay, I'll send you Aaron. He'll help you. You know, God said he'd help him. It didn't mean he was disqualified because he couldn't talk. He just said, well, I'll take care of that. I'll send somebody with you. So it kind of starts to eliminate our excuses if you really think about it. You know, like, well, I'm not this, I'm not that, I don't feel qualified. Um, Eileen Williamson, some of you maybe remember Eileen. She's a lady from my past. She lived in Wayne. Um, Eileen, Eileen Williamson said, you know, it's not about our ability or our inability. It's about our availability. I used to have, she gave me a plaque doesn't matter whether you're capable or whether you're not capable. It's not the issue. Are you available? Are you available? You know, are you willing to just do it? Just do it. And, you know, God, he'll have you do things, I believe, that are in some kind of a sphere that you can do. You know, he'll use you right where you are. Right where you are in various ways. But I believe as a church, one of the things we have to do is keep our focus on the world around us, not just on the church. That we gather today to encourage one another, 
to build our faith, to worship, but our motive is to do that so that we can go out into the world. So that we can go like Jesus said, go. The death of the church is when the church says, it's about us. It's about us. We're here for us. We're here, you know, oh, I love the fellowship. I love the people. And when we should, yeah, I, that's part of it. But that's only a small part. It has to begin there. It has to go from there. It has to go out. It has to go out. I believe that the reason the church in America in many ways and not 100%, but in many ways, people say, well, the church is dying. It depends where you look. Depends where you look. A lot of churches are dying. A lot of churches are closing. Churches in Europe, the people say they go to Europe and you great big cathedrals, maybe 10, 15 people there. You know, many churches, you know, in, in our towns, we're finding the churches are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And I believe the reason is because the church lost its vision. We lost our vision. Vision became inward. We can love one another. And here's what happens, folks. The church, if, you, if we just love one another and we don't have a vision for the world around us, churches can go quite a while. I mean, we use us for an example. It can go on quite a while. You know, it just kind of gradually gets smaller and smaller. And, you know, but, but there's enough young people and there's enough, you know, enough kind of people to hold it together. Sometimes money becomes the factor. You know, as churches, as churches have been around a while, if you have some people who have been around a while, you know, and people leave enough money, you can get enough money stashed away to keep it going quite a while. You know, until the money runs out and the people run out. And there's 20, 30 people sitting and looking at each other saying, where's all the young people? Where's everybody? How's, wow. And then they'll say things like, do you remember how it used to be? You know, if that happens to this church, you know, 30, 40 years from now, there will be somebody sitting here saying, do you remember how it was back when? You know, do you remember remember the young people and how how it seemed like and then you can just sit and reminisce make each other feel good or something but hopefully that's not what we are hopefully we're the body of Christ and when God speaks we see it in context of what does he want me to do and what does he want us to do in order to reach the world around us not just keep ourselves going you know it's kind of like sometimes i think the church we like to see people come to church because it kind of makes the church grow last night one of the speakers said something about sojourners and i want to tell you something as a pastor that is a tough group for me you know sojourners that sojourner is somebody that passes through Somebody that, that comes for maybe a little bit and then they're gone. We had a couple situations not too long ago um, when we sent out the little flyer. We had a couple ladies who I would call sojourners. And they came and they, and you know, and as a pastor, I mean, as a pastor, what you want to do is you want, you want to connect. You want those people to become part of the flock. 
that's a pastor's heart. You know, you, you want to, you, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't mean this wrong, but I, I like sojourners, but I don't like them because they don't stay. They come through. And God said there's going to be those people. And we as the body of Christ need to see that there's people that are going to come through. Those two ladies, they came through. One came a couple times. And one was really starting to connect. And we thought, wow, this is really good. We started talking to her. All of a sudden, her husband said, I'm going to divorce. He left her out of the clear blue. And she went to Columbus to her family. She's gone. A sojourner. We had maybe two or three times to share with her. To be there for a moment. There are people that are going to come through, but it's not ours to hang on to. We're not trying to build a group. We're trying to be the body of Christ. We're trying to be the body of Christ. And so that's what we are, what God intends for us to be. And how do we share the gospel with those around us? With those around us. Because that's what he's called us to do. So when he speaks, he's going to speak along those lines. He's going to speak along those lines. You know, sometimes he'll speak to encourage us, but it's to encourage us to share the gospel. You know, why are we doing vacation Bible school? Well, because we always do. It's summer. (laughs) You know, why do we do vacation Bible school? What kind of an attitude would God want us to have about the children that come? How do we see those children? Do we see them as an opportunity to share the gospel, to show them the love of God? Sometimes you may see them as a bother. Sometimes you may see them as an irritant. I'm not saying they aren't a bother, and I'm not saying they aren't irritating. I'm saying we need to see him as someone who needs to know the love of God. How do I see him? How do I see him? How do I see the parents that come with them? How do I see them? Well, they're standing out on the fringes, kind of watching. How do I see them? Do I see that maybe I need to go over and and express God's love to them some way? Say hi? You know, what is our opportunity? Why are we doing vacation Bible school? You know, the reason is to reach the world around us. To reach children. But not only children, but any parents that might come too. So that they might know the love of God. They might know a God that loves them in spite of everything they've done. In spite of all that they've done. The Bible says we've all sinned and come short. So as we look at those around us, we need to be very careful. Sometimes we think some sins are bigger than others. Of course, everybody's sin is bigger than yours. You know, so we start to get funny attitudes. We've all sinned and come short. God loved us. God loved me. God loved you. That he gave his only begotten son. And now he says, you go. You go and you share that with the world around you. A message that I'm not sure where else they're going to hear it. Tell me where else somebody's going to hear that they're loved. 
in our world today. Not many messages other than the gospel that says to the world, you're loved. You're important. You're somebody. God loves you. It's a message that we can all proclaim. So as God speaks, I pray that we obey and do what he's called us to do. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we pray that you just help us, Lord, to have your heart. Lord, give us your heart for those around us. Lord, help us to love as you loved. Lord, help us to give as you give. Lord, I pray that if there's anyone here this morning, Lord, that, that they have a need for prayer. Lord, they, they might say, well, oh, my need's not that important, Lord. Whatever their need might be. If it's a need, Lord, I pray you'd encourage them to come up and let our prayer team pray with them up front right to my left this morning. Lord, that they would be able to come and receive from you. Lord, I pray that you just help us, Lord, to be your hands and feet and mouth to the world around us. Lord, just encourage us, be with us, help us be faithful to you. Lord, just watch over us now. We just pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.